2021, Kyle. We made it. <laughs> we made it. It's a new year. It's a new year. And we have a lot of, I mean, I feel like it's a new year, but we're really hitting the ground running. We've got a lot of stuff to look forward to in this first quarter of the year, and it's going to be a busy one. Um, and, you know, we have a lot of things coming down the pike. We have conference coming up. But before we get to conference, we have some some other stuff we want to make sure we talk about on the on the podcast. So, yeah, absolutely. So, for this uh, first edition of 2021 of Let's Talk Club Management, we are going to be all about the numbers. So Our we've favorite. you know CMAA has <laughs> yeah CMAA has really in, grown exponentially our research efforts over the past several years. Um, we have an amazing research team in our office. And there's really now a wealth of information available to CMAA members and the industry um, to help in decision making. And, you know, this fits right in line with um, where the industry is going and, and where CMAA is going. And last summer, we actually released updated competencies for success in the industry. Um, we went from 10 to 11. Mm-hmm. And data analytics was specifically singled out as one of those areas that is just so key. Uh, for success in this industry, uh, for our club managers in their profession and and for their club. And so it's now really started to be all about the numbers. (laughs) Much to our chagrin, Melissa and I don't like numbers ourselves personally, but we like words. Words are good. It's hard. It's hard when you're in communications because so much of what you do is is language based and word based. So, um, you know, for for folks like us and and folks in the industry and in and our hospitality and service industry, you know, understanding what the numbers mean, um, what you're looking for when you're looking at them, yep. being able to identify trends when you're looking at these numbers, and then making better management decisions. I mean, that is you know, it's key. It's and key. so tricky. It's sometimes really hard tricky. to 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 look at the data and really understand what it's talking about. And I mean, and as you mentioned, that's why we added it to our competencies because how how we analyze data and how we look at metrics and numbers is very important. But as I said, Melissa and I don't love numbers. We're not numbers people. Um, we wanted to make sure that we gave you all a chance to hear from some experts <laughs> on on these numbers. So Today, we're actually launching a another Micropod series. You, you may remember we did we introduced those um, early in 2020 when the pandemic hit, but this one is uh, not pandemic related, so that's exciting. <laughs> um, but these Micropods are aimed at bringing the numbers to life and making them understandable and giving them context. So we've invited some experts on uh, to chat with us over the next several episodes. Um, to explore the recently released 2020 Finance and Operations Report. And, you know, you probably heard us talk about the Finance and Ops Report several times on the podcast. And if you read any CMA communications, you know that this report details key financial and operating data uh, from across the club industry. And it's based on confidential surveys from our members. Um, But in particular, this one was data for this survey was provided by 357 clubs in 2020. So we are very, very excited to bring on board our experts this month. Melissa, who do we have with us? Well, first up from GGA Partners, a CMAA business partner, we have Derek Johnston. Derek leads the development of strategic business solutions for GGA's roster of clients and is an expert in private club strategy, 
market research, and financial, organizational, and operational analysis. Definitely the kind of person we need for this job. Absolutely. Derek has 20 years in club and hospitality-related consulting, having helped hundreds of clubs around the world develop and implement a game plan for success. He is an alumnus of Deloitte, where he earned his Certified Internal Auditor designation while managing major client accounts in the firm's enterprise risk solutions practice. Derek has been recognized by Golf Inc. Magazine as a consultant of the year for his successful work on the largest standalone private club transaction in the past three years. He's an active contributor to CMAA Education and is currently serving on the CMAA Data Connections Task Force. He's got the credentials. And who else do we have with us, Kyle? <laughs> we are also joined by Phil Newman, CPA, CIA from RSM, and RSM is a CMAA education partner. Um, based in Florida, Phil has more than 25 years experience in public accounting, predominantly serving the private club industry. In his leadership role for private club assurance and consulting, Phil is responsible for projects throughout the United States, including assurance engagements, internal control and governance reviews, operational consulting, benchmarking studies, and the development and delivery of education programs for club boards, CEOs, and CFOs. Uh, Phil is a regular contributor to industry conferences and publications and was a member of the CPA subcommittee involved in the preparation of the Uniform System of Financial Reporting for Clubs. So we have two very, very smart gentlemen joining us today to talk about this data. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're going to be very methodical in our approach, focusing on the report's executive summary to start with. And today we'll start with that high level um, the value of FNO and the possible ways managers can use FNO in their roles. So first of all, thank you so much to Derek and Phil for being here. Thank you guys for taking time to, to talk through the numbers with us. Our pleasure, Melissa. Our pleasure. So first, let's talk about the data. So this is the 2020 report but it actually details prior year's information. So this is stuff that's back from fiscal year 2019. And while we don't wanna spend a lot of time talking about COVID or their inter interruption impact, we've done a lot of that on the podcast. Can you talk to us and, and share why is this data still important for a club to consider now? Sure. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go first, Derek, if, if you're okay with that, since again, sure. Definitely. The listeners, the listeners, again, all need to know that you're Canadian, so you will come second to, to this Irishman. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, that's, that's a freebie for all my CMAA friends. Um, Melissa, that's, that's a great question. In all seriousness, it's something that Derek and I um, and our respective firms have been, have been talking about a, a lot. You know, well, uh, you know, it's hard to believe we're sitting here in January-ish uh, time frame 2021, and we're getting close to that you know, 12 month mark from, from when the world ended from the US perspective, kind of last March, if you will. Um, and so, you know, since then, you know, obviously a lot of people, it's been interesting. There's been a constant cry out for, for more and more data from what we've seen um, in our uh, in our world and our side of the business. Uh, and, it, and it's pretty hard to, to wrap, your, wrap your head and wrap your hands around data that's, you know, that's useful and meaningful because while everyone wants that immediate sort of COVID impacted data, we all hope, we are fingers crossed and, and you know, I think we all believe that eventually, obviously we're gonna get back to, uh, as the, the people like to say, some sort of normal, right? So when that day comes, to some degree, while the COVID, 
period data will probably be interesting. It's probably not something, and I don't know if Derek will agree with me, but it's probably not something you're going to build your future on because hopefully, you know, in our lifetimes, we're not going to see another global pandemic that, that's hit everybody down like this. So, so if you believe that, then I think you need to get comfortable with, um, you know, the kind of data that that's in the FNO uh, the FNO report. And you know, for anyone that's listening to this and hasn't seen it, you know, you really need to get it because there's so much data in here. I'm not sure that there's anything else out there with as much published data in one place. Is 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 kind of my 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 takeaway from from that. So. If you believe again that we will get back to some sort of some sense of normality, if you haven't been using data or really looking at it as part of your your kind of daily, weekly, monthly, annual routine, then you know get your hands on this and 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 go through it. Um, because the one thing I will tell you that will stick more and more out of COVID is the demand in your boardrooms and your finance committees. Um, I'm sure from other committees, but those are the kind of two main bodies that that I think. We'll get into this report. Um, they have been asking, understandably, for more data because of COVID. That isn't going to go away. Um, and I would also suggest that even though there's a lot, there's other sources of information, this this is the information coming from effectively the the trade union of of club managers, COOs. And I think you know that that in itself gives it you know a lot of clout. So. You know, I think that that you know, if I put it to you this way, if I was sitting in a board room as a board member, I would be looking at this report, and I would be bringing elements of this report to my club chief operating officer. So if I flip that around and say I was the chief operating officer, I'd want to make sure I get ahead of that and, and be familiar. There's too much to know all of it in here, but the the big things that I think we're we're going to discuss over over our our series here um, are something that. You know, you've got to be dealing with, and your key uh, department heads have got to be dealing with it as well. Uh, that that's my takeaway from that high level, Melissa. Anything you want to add there, Derek? Um, yeah, no, it felt great, fantastic start. I uh, very much agree. I think you know the past ten months have been such an anomaly. Um, you know, historic data will hopefully be less and less relevant going forward. Right? I think there's some you know, as painful as the, the pandemic has been for, for a lot of clubs and, and, and for society, I think there's going to be some interesting learnings that everybody can take away from it. Um, you know, one of one of the really nice things about this FNO report and all of the data that's in it is that it actually helps to, I think, set a baseline understanding, right, of, of where a club manager's club, where your club fits in the industry. Um, so there's an element to this that, you know, you go beyond the data because it starts to help create some type of a framework for evaluating performance. Um, but also, you know, from an educational perspective, you know, something that I think I think is really helpful um, is to help your board members, your committee members, your management team, everybody kind of get on the same page with respect to some of the key elements that really drives club performance um, and to start you know, speaking the same language, and Phil, I totally agree with you. I think when you when you look out, the the appetite for data in the boardroom is not going away. It's it, it's it's been picking up speed over the last you know, five, seven, ten years. Um, but I think you know, going forward, that that surge that we've seen through COVID and through the pandemic, where people are clamoring for more information and more data, and what they're really driving at is, hey, what is that? 
we want that data because we want it to tell us what's happening and we want to be able to use it to start making decisions. And that's something that you know I, I'm hoping that will spur some fantastic and rapid change in the way clubs use data broadly, you know, how they actually start to look at analytics um, and starting to use it to drive some fantastic decision making. But from a baseline perspective, I think FNO is, is, is great because it helps provide that kind of that framework. Um, you know, here's the here's some really important data. Here are some key metrics that help frame the industry and understanding the, the turnover in the governance cycle in clubs as well. You know, when you have new members coming on committees that have never participated, um, you have new board members turning over every, you know, typically every three years. Um, there's a there's a huge educational component. And I, I actually see FNO, you know, being a really nice fit to help start some of that education um, from a finance and ops perspective. Hey, Derek, don't you think too, you know, as I was listening to you there, um, uh, one of the things I run into a lot um, in, in normal times, right? You know, a club, let's say, does some sort of major amenity uh, addition or improvement, right? We tear down the clubhouse, build that new clubhouse, or, or uh, maybe a golf major golf course renovation. And one of the things, and and I know, you know, they're always looking for for comp data. Well, then it's like, well, what, you know, the year or eighteen months that that clubhouse was flattened and being built. Obviously, the operating data from that point for that point is you're never going to use it again, right? Until 20 years from now or 30, you do it again. So inevitably, um, when everything's back up and running, they look back to the first, the last year pre that major project. And I kind of liken COVID to to that, right? We're gonna there are things we know that are going to change with outdoor dining and things like that, you know, operational amenities and stuff like that. But, but overall, the club as a whole, somebody in these the in these governance rules is going to look back to that. What was that last normal period? And I think you might have used the word baseline there. There, there, there's your baseline. So, if nothing else, that's what may, you know. This is effectively the last report that was struck before all this happened. And so it's effectively the last, you know, uh, major reference point that's out there with all the stuff in it uh, to, to the level of degree we've kind of talked about. So for nothing else, that's that's going yeah. to be important. I, I, I very much agree. It's, um, I mean, when you start to think about analyzing trend information, right? And that's, you know, ideally you can, you can see a five-year history and a five-year trend because there's always anomalies. Um, obviously, the anomaly that COVID created is significantly greater and different than anything we've, we've seen, right? Um, but there's always anomalies in data and you, you see huge spikes or huge troughs if you look over a five-year period and there's always a lagging in effect, right? But then things revert to a new normal. Um, whatever that new normal is, you know, we don't quite know yet. But to your point, being able to reference back to that last major major reference point to actually see maybe maybe the new normal doesn't end up being all that different and all of a sudden this historic information provides a, not just a baseline but a great reference point um, and you know when you think about trend information it's in the absence of anything else it's it's probably your best default to try and understand what the future might hold you know which direction you're trending and and the like so you know there, there's I think there's still a ton of value in this and you know the future will will tell us how much value, right? Absolutely, absolutely.
Well, thank you both for that. That was, a, I think, a great conversation on the uh, importance of statistical anomalies, but also looking at them within the context of the, the grander scheme of things. Um, so moving on from there, you know, how, how would you both then recommend uh, club managers use this finance and operations report? You know, do you, do you see um, some impactful ways that managers have utilized this data in the past uh, at their clubs? And are there any do's and don'ts you'd like to share with using this report? Yeah, definitely, Phil. Do you want me to? I'll I'll kick this one off. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll be nice to you. Go ahead, Derek. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I guess you know it, even in, in reading the introduction, I think I think CMA's um, provided some great guidance around how to use FNO data. Um, essentially, use it as a yardstick. Identify potential strengths and weaknesses at your club. Um, I think it's it's really important for club managers to to remember and ultimately communicate really clearly to their stakeholders that, you know, look, the FNO data should not be used for actual diagnosis, right? It, meaning you don't want to use it to actually determine what the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, all of those things are, or to take action based on the data, but it provides a description of what, of what, of, of what was and of, of what is. Um, and, and that's that's really impactful in, in itself. Um, I think I, I mentioned previously just around education. I think using FNO as a way to help educate your board members and your key stakeholders um, can be really helpful, um, but you want to do it in the right way. And, and maybe, Phil, I, I'll, I'll turn it over to you and, and can kick in with maybe a few, a few thoughts on, on do's and don'ts um, to wrap things up. Yeah, no, I think uh, definitely echo echo that, Derek. And um, to me, it's it's uh, if I was the, the the COO looking at this stuff uh, and how am I going to use it, the first thing I would I would be focusing on is not <clears throat> not what what the actual data points report X percent whatever it may be, but take a look at what we're actually measuring. Like, what are the statistics, right? Membership turnover, attrition rates you know, FTEs, that sort of stuff. And I would start by saying, okay, you know, out of this, you know, incredible mountain of data and, and um, data points, what are the ones that I'm not measuring that, oh, maybe I really should be measuring? And you can see, because you can see the number of respondents and all that sort of stuff. And when you look at, you know, some of the statistics in there about things like reserve studies, and we'll talk about that later, and you you see the number of people that don't have one of those, to me, that was shocking. And I'd be asking myself, wow, why don't we have that? You know, why aren't we measuring some of these things that are in here? Um, and I think, again, you know, kind of to, to what we said earlier, I think, if I was the club CEO, I want to get ahead of the conversation. And so, you know, look, a lot of talented ladies and guys out there in those positions. Um, but these board members and committee members are are, are, are getting more and more challenging on, on the data. We've seen all the, the money and time and blood, sweat and tears that's been invested in strategic planning. Well, this stuff is key to strategic planning. In that, again, as Derek said, not necessarily saying you have to get to this percentage on this particular data point, but you need to be measuring it. And I think, you know, to me, that's part of a strategic plan is we are measuring those outcomes and, and a lot of the data and statistics that are in here, you know, give you give you sort of guidance on that. And, and I think 
I actually think there's a great ulterior motive for club managers to, to look at this, which is, as you know, Derek, the data is split and, and certainly the, the executive summary and the graphics in there are just great. And the data being split by size of club from an operating revenue, this could be an interview tool. So if I'm moving from, from you know, a club of a certain size, either up or down in terms of revenue, the numbers are different and the things come together in a different way. So in all seriousness, you know, I think if I was making a move to a much bigger club or whatever, you know, get familiar with what those kind of clubs, you know, how they operate from from that perspective. And, you know, you're going to an interview, you're, you're always given those financials of the potential club. Take a look at them in, in relation to this thing, um, you know, and 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 kind of kind of go from there. But but again, use it to, you know, use it to 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 help steer to help report on the strategic direction. Um, and then as you get further down into the the departmental stuff, pick the things that you want to embed into your monthly reporting or your annual reporting or the things you expect your department heads to report on back up to you. That's probably. I um I, I would you know suggest that that they use it. Yeah, that's fantastic. I I I completely agree. Um, funny, uh, I guess <laughs> we we tend to agree on things going back. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'll go with a really good thing. Well, um, Derek, 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 you know you know these people are all sitting in Washington D.C. So to get two people to agree, they had to get an Irishman and a Canadian. So um. I don't know if I'll edit that out of this, but but I'll turn it back over to you, my esteemed northern friend. <laughs> uh, no, I so I, I would I mean just building on what you were saying, I, I completely agree. I, I think you know in terms of guidance or advice or do's and don'ts, um, I think you know one of the one of the most important things from my perspective, um, it's something that I learned um, in my career and, and has certainly served me well is. Whatever you do, however you choose to share FNO amongst your key stakeholders, whether it's your management team, whether it's your board members, your finance committee members, just be deliberate in the way you do it. Um, so make sure you have a plan. Make sure you put a story behind it. Um, it's so easy, and I know we, we're all guilty of it from time to time, which is seeing some fantastic research and hitting for, forwarding it onto a group because it's it's interesting. Um, but you know, I would certainly take some time to put some context to it, um, connect it to you know current circumstances, what's actually transpiring at your club, perhaps some of the key conversations you're having um, with different audiences, um, and and make sure that you're providing a little bit of guidance on how to interpret it, how to use it, how not to use it. Um, you know, Phil, you made a great point, which is you know if you sit down and you look at, don't look at the data, but you look at the actual information, the metrics that are being tracked, and you know the nice part in the uh, the executive summary with with the uh, with the graphics by by operating revenue segment you're essentially seeing um, you know four different segments operations capital membership and personnel and that's starting to create a framework um, but one of the neat parts to it and I, I I've seen some of the uh, the club specific scorecards um, that come out so if you are actually participating in a research I mean it's fantastic because it lines up your club's information and it does all the calculations for you so it gives you all of your club metrics and it compares you and shows you you know how you're doing against that data set um, which is great so that's an amazing starting point and a point where you can actually build commentary around to share on um, and, and I, I like where you're going to on the departmental um, uh, teams and, and making sure that you're tracking the things that matter but also focusing people on the things that matter
Um, so I think it's yeah, it's it's a I think it's a really good tool um, if you use it and and you're deliberate about it. Gentlemen, I know that uh, CMA added the infographics um, for each revenue segment to the report this year, and that was a uh, um, Sarah um, asked me to make sure I mentioned that that was an idea that came out of our members um, from our 2019 leadership and legislative conference. So um, a great idea. Um, and those are beautiful, really well put together infographics. So how would you recommend that managers use these infographics when they're boards and at their club? And Phil, I'll, I'll, I'll throw that to you first. So we'll, we'll be fair, take turns. Well, no, you went to the right guy with this one because I, I refuse to read <laughs> books unless there's like lots of pictures in there, Melissa. Absolutely. So I, I personally would like to thank all at LLC that came up with that that idea. Um, no, in all seriousness, when you sent it to, when you sent it to us, I, I think Derek and I certainly had the, the same immediate reaction of like, oh, this is cool. Look at this, you know, and, cause, and again, you know, like our earlier comments, because while you know, while the, the report is unbelievably and incredibly detailed, we all get, it can be overwhelming, right? When you get that much data. Um, and I think the way you guys have, uh, CMA has, you know, has, has carved out, and, and I think Derek and I, I think would agree on the the buckets, if you will, that you've carved out in these infographics, pretty much cover all the things that make a club work or not work. Um, you know, so, you know, in terms of the actual infographics, uh, I would be, um, I would begin be, you know, I, I think I mentioned, you know, trying to embed this stuff and in all seriousness, you know, the best, the best club reporting packs that I see on a monthly basis incorporate stuff like this. You know, this doesn't have to be something that just appears, you know, in a report like, like CMAA has produced here. This is easily something that, you know, I will tell you that the high performing clubs and the high performing chief financial officers are putting right in their, in their monthly reporting packs. Um, maybe not to the finance committee or, or maybe, they're in addition to what the finance committee already gets with lots of detailed numbers and stuff like that. Um, but certainly for the board, um, a lot of the top clubs in the country, I think if people really knew what was being presented at the board level, they'd be shocked because it's it's this, you know? It's because you've got very smart and very capable people sitting around that boardroom table um, that get it. You know, this is the kind of, presentation that they've been used to in their corporate worlds right the dashboard or whatever you want to whatever you want to call it and so if you can you know take these uh just using these as examples and take these and i could see, picture um on a, a number of my 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 clients that that that's kind of the key performance um page if you will um and, and it is it's graphics and so now you know you've you've given them some thoughts here on on how to how to do this you know you know put, put, here's the clip art what don't be afraid to to use that stuff and and put and put it in there and and then obviously you can you know drop your numbers against it and as, as Derek I think alluded to the ability which I'm not sure how much we're going to discuss this guys but you know the ability to to drill in and filter this information um, uh, in the online platform that that you all have is really good really good and really impressive and so you know again maybe maybe that's what i would do use these infographics maybe filter the data so you can drop the more relevant data for for your particular you know maybe, maybe city club or yacht club as an example you know drop it in there but but i am all for pictures melissa as many pictures as you can get put them in there for sure <laughs> absolutely 
Yeah, no, Phil, I, as, 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 as always, I agree. I, I think one of the, the neat things for me about the infographics is that you pulled out the most important data points, um, makes it really easy to share on, um, but you've also provided the context. So they start off with, here's the operating segment, you know, here's the average age of the clubs that have participated, um, and this, these are all the different club types. Um, and you know, as you're sharing it on, and as you think, you know, sitting in the, the the seat of the COO, and you're looking to share this on, I think it's really helpful. A that it's graphic, graphically pleasing, it, it's visual, it's easy to digest, but it also provides the context that's necessary, and you can craft a nice story around it. Um, you know, if you look in the, the top right corner, you've got the different club types, right? And this data to your your perhaps if you're sending this on to your board. Um, or your board president's like, here's some fantastic data about clubs with operating revenue of X. Um, just you know, be mindful that it, it includes all of these different types of clubs, um, and everybody has a few unique operating scenarios. So the data is you know for guidance, but look at the metrics because these metrics are really helpful, and it's you know hopefully something we can start to to track um, or focus our board on. Um, so there's there's nice context in it as well. So you know, one of the dangers of sharing on visually pleasing graphics is that if it's just data or if it's just a graphic, um, it, it, it can almost be a little dangerous. Um, you never want to put yourself at risk in that type of a scenario. So the nice part is there's great context to it too, so it makes it easy to share. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I really like Phil's idea. You know, you, you take something like this and you can start to build out your, your reporting packages. Um, and that's ideally too, if you have a little page behind it, perhaps of definitions, so that everybody can appreciate what you know what the actual metrics are and how you get to them, and and even a little bit about why they're important. And the nice part is, when you go into the detailed finance and ops report, I think there's 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 some definitions in there that you can pull right out of right out of the report. Um, so I think all told, it's it's a it's a great step forward. It's it's a really nice way to to visualize it and. Um, hopefully, a, a nice and easy way for managers to uh, to help uh, you know share it on and and create some positive momentum um, data wise in the boardroom. Hey, hey, Derek. Just as you were talking there, would you um, would you then also use this? Uh, let you know we're kind of talking. I think we've talked really about historical reporting, right? Maybe on a monthly basis. Would you consider putting this stuff out there? Before we get started, i.e., as part of the budget package, you know, to to try and get these guys at, uh, at the committee and the board before we even start the year, kind of trained into, you know, here's the pictures we're going to be looking at. You know, you could do your budget and and take your budgeted data and drop it into this format. Um, I don't know. Was that something you you know you could see GGA maybe, you know, helping people with? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's the, um, and I would say this provides a, a great starting point and a good framework. Um, and the nice part is, you know, if you think through how you might want to design design a reporting package for your board, um, it actually each club should be slightly unique. Um, you know, a lot of these key metrics will always find their way into that reporting pack, certainly at the executive summary level. Um, but it all falls off of the strategy. You know what type of club are you? Um, you know, and the F and O report does a great job of breaking down all of the different types of clubs that are out there by amenity, by revenue, um, by uh, nonprofit status, that kind of thing. Um, 
but everything kind of falls off of your strategy. So if you have a strategic plan and a set of goals, you design your reporting package, at least at the dashboard level, the executive summary level, to touch on the metrics that you know help provide context for performance against those goals. Um, but the nice part, I, I'm with you. I mean, if you're thinking about creating your, your budget pack and maybe you start by pushing out, you know, historics to your to your department managers, and each person has you know responsibility for building their departmental budget. Um, if you layer these key metrics in so that all of your department managers can see the key metrics, see how you've performed on those key metrics over time. Um, hopefully you're giving them you know three years or five years of history along with it, or they can at least access it. Um, but if you start right at that grassroots level when you start building your budget and you integrate some of these key metrics that ultimately flow up to your board level reporting, finance committee level reporting, I mean, it's going to do nothing but but help the conversations, right? Yep. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. What I took away from that was pictures good, right? <laughs> like that's basically the important part. <laughs> pictures good. Give context, data, things. Anyways, absolutely. <laughs> you all sound much more articulate about this stuff than I ever would. I promise you that. Um, <laughs> But that's why you're here and that's why you're with us is to, to help us sort of start to break down all of this and, and really um, espouse the the benefits of of the report and really talk to our members about the uh, the richness of the data that, that we have collected. Um, and so on subsequent podcasts, we are going to take a deeper look at the four categories, which are capital, operations, membership, and personnel. Um, so my last question for you both today is that at the holistic level, um, which metrics would you recommend managers keep track of? Are there metrics that kind of cross categories that folks should be attuned to? You know, what, what's your advice there? Um, I guess I'll go, Derek, um, and you can you can correct me. Um, but uh, you know, and it's as we said, these infographics are, are great because I do think they kind of boil it down. Um, I know at some point later on we're going to talk about capital. And so, um, you know, so excited mm -hmm. to see capital right there in its own bucket. Um, uh, I, I know that the, the white paper uh, is out now for comment with regards to the CMAA um, committee that's been working on key performance indicators for clubs. And I can tell you from being fortunate enough um, to be on that committee along with uh, one of one of Derek's colleagues from GGA, um, a lot of the focus over the last nine months and discussions on that committee focused on capital related um, metrics, uh, balance sheet, if you will. So so I would certainly say, Kyle, overall, you know, you got to start with those metrics. I think that also helps if you can if you can get the metrics focused on balance sheet or capital metrics, it will undoubtedly help you keep the board focused on that sort of side of the operation and keep them out of how many carrots do we need on the plate in the dining room? Unfortunately, that still happens. Um, well, not in the dining room right now, right? It's outdoors. Um, but uh, but but yeah, it's it's focusing on the capital, and then you know, we're, we're stepping away from that, um, you know, operationally, I think you know, it's big picture stuff. You know, understanding where where the operating dollars come from and where they go. You know, in terms of big bucket items, so we can talk about dues. Um, and, and how important they are, and everybody kind of knows that. But this report helps focus that, and, and COVID has helped focus that in, in, in very, uh, very 
serious ways. Um, and then obviously our biggest expense at any club arguably is and always will be personnel. Um, so how we deal with that, uh, how we deal with payroll metrics and that relationship and the relationship between payroll and membership. Um, at the end of the day, one should drive the other. But as Derek you know, has, has already said eloquently, it still all comes back to your philosophy of your club. Um, and it's not necessarily not necessarily wrong um, to, to to you know have staffing levels or staffing metrics or payroll metrics um, of a certain ilk as long as they line up with with strategically who you want to be um, and more importantly they they don't line up with somebody else right you know that's that club's decision if it was that easy you wouldn't need reports and data like like this so that's my two cents I guess Kyle on that. Derek, do you have anything uh, to add? <laughs> I let's see, Phil. I, I as as usual, you hit the nail on the head. Um, I, I, I maybe to add, there's there's probably you know knowing that this is focused on finance and ops, there's certainly some other key metrics that you might want to consider layering into reporting packages and dashboarding um, that kind of bridge the gap between you know the membership side of the business and utilization along with the financial and operating metrics. Um, Net promoter score. Um, is, is probably a really helpful one, um, especially when you can actually see how that is tracking and trending against the finance and ops stats. Um, and, you know, the nice part, you, you can start to track your net promoter score from a membership perspective, but also from an employee perspective um, and get kind of both, both the, the lens from both sides. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess one of the things that I know I certain, we coach our clients to make sure they focus on um, ends up being membership metrics. Um, you know, it's, it ends up being a, it's the key driver of success for most clubs, right? It, it is your membership. Um, and if you think about membership metrics, the nice part is it pretty much transcends all of those areas that, that, we, that are on the um, infographics, your operations, your capital, um, obviously membership, but personnel as well. Um, you know, if you think about full membership equivalent and the change in full membership equivalents over time, um, that touches on dues revenue and membership, um, you know, debt per full member, um, debt per full member equivalent. Um, you know, that kind of grabs your, your capital piece and membership piece. So you're kind of crossing over all the different boxes, but ultimately bringing it back to membership. Um, I think that, that can be really powerful in the boardroom too. Phil, you were mentioning, you know, wanting to make sure you can keep some focus in the boardroom on strategic issues and keep things out of the tactical realm, right? Um, and I, one of the things that seems to help um, is pulling everything kind of back to that primary driver of success, which is your, your membership. You know, I, what, what, is, what, is our, our, what do our cash reserves look like per member? What does our debt per member or per, per full member equivalent look like? Um, free cash flow, all that great stuff. So if you pull it all, there's some great metrics you can pull all the way back to, to membership um, that kind of help paint a picture of, of all of those different areas. Well, thank you both for that. Um, I, I've certainly learned a lot in the last 30-odd, 40 minutes that we've been chatting, um, and we're barely scratching the surface. So uh, thank you both for joining us today, and we look forward to continuing this conversation next week when we dive in to our first micropod. So we look forward to chatting with you then. Well, that was a great session, uh, a great um kickoff to our series. Um, yes, I learned a lot. <laughs>
So Kyle, tell tell folks how we're going to be releasing those. So um, uh, releasing additional as we dive into those four content areas from the yeah. executive summary. So, uh, yeah, right, Melissa, we are going to go into, we're going to take a deeper dive into um, four categories, which I mentioned earlier, uh, capital, operations, membership, and personnel. And each of those deeper dives is going to be a short micropod. Now, you you may be familiar with our micropods. We uh, rolled out <laughs> that format um, last year, but these are shorter, more easily digestible um, versions of the podcast. They're about 15 to 20 minutes long. And these are going to be just, again, hyper-focused on those four different areas of the executive summary. And uh, we look forward to sharing those with you. So uh, tune in next time for a deeper look at the capital section of the executive summary for the finance and ops report. Awesome. So we're also looking forward to February because it will be our special conference preview edition. So you get to get all the details about conference. And with the virtual nature this year, we'll be able to give you a behind the scenes uh, tour of what you're going to expect from the virtual experience. So we can't talk, can't wait to talk you through um, all of the different options for interactive networking breaks, education sessions, and how to get the most out of the event and how to prevent Zoom fatigue. Ah, uh, yes. Zoom fatigue. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, in the meantime, we do have some congratulations to share. And that is today we are wrap, recording this on the 21st of January. And we just wrapped our first um, prize round, our grand prize. And we want to congratulate Brad Jones with the Westwood Club in Richmond, Virginia. Ooh. He is going to San Diego, which is one of our top ranked conference cities. And he will get the chance to visit San Diego uh, next year in 2022. He gets a free full conference registration, five nights at the uh, adjacent conference hotel, uh, the lovely Marriott right next to the San Diego Convention Center that's right on the water. It's really a beautiful, beautiful view and round trip economy airfare to get there. So that's really exciting. Congratulations to Brad. If you haven't checked out his video uh, of his reaction, it's we encourage you awesome. to it. It's so cute and there's a cute dog in it too. So there's please. a cute dog. So if nothing else, watch tune it for the dog. Tune, it, tune in for Lucy. For Lucy. Um, and so, you know, the good news is there is another chance to win with yes. the CMA 2021 World Conference. Um, if you missed out on the grand prize, if you register by February 18th, you'll be entered into our second chance drawing for a $500 American Express gift card. And that's $500 that you can choose to spend any way you want. Kyle, how would you spend $500? Oh, gosh, that's a really good question. I don't even know. I think I would buy a lot of books. I've been reading a lot lately, and uh, I think I would just, like, these bookshelves, the yep. bottom part of them is full of DVDs that I never watch anymore because <laughs> everything's <laughs> on the internet. So I would just probably just buy a bunch of books and fill my bookshelves because my TBR is very long, and I, you know, I need more books always. Absolutely. Well, what would you, know, you buy with $500, Melissa? Well, I, I think I would put it towards travel. Um, I, you know, over the last year, you know, I have I've been absolutely nowhere. Um, and so I would really like to uh, take my family and, and travel. So I'd love to put that towards uh, a trip to the beach. Um, oh. trip, hometown trip down back down to Charleston. Um, 
or somewhere fun. So that's so definitely where I put my. You say fun. I think you mean warm. <laughs> warm would definitely be good, but I, you know, I'm I'm good with beach. I'd like to see water again. I hear it's still there. Rumor tells me that's true. <laughs> I wouldn't know because again, I've not been anywhere in months. So. What is travel? I I forget that's an option. Maybe I would spend mine on travel too. Maybe I change my answer. Well, the great thing is you can choose to spend that gift card any which way you want. Absolutely. And and the other good news is no matter if you're a winner or not, you will be a winner with attending the virtual world conference. Um, Really, it's a great opportunity to expand your skills, expand your industry knowledge, connect with your fellow professionals, and and, um, get to see the showcase of the latest innovations in the club industry. So check it out. Uh, head to cma.org backslash conference and find out about all the stellar educational programming, the interactive networking breaks, um, and check that out. So it's been our pleasure to be with you this month, and we can't wait to talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.